Hello, this is Alistair welcoming you to the 2356th edition of the Enfield Talking newspaper. Dateline, the 24th of August, 2023. The readers this week are Alistair, Chris and Ali with Ian on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Jap Prilly, Fernand Bouillon and Harry Brewer. It is performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent and the Enfield Dispatch and are their copyright. For the week beginning the 28th of August, the sunrise time is 0606 and the sunset time is 1956. We also have some special notices from Enfield Vision and the Home Library Service. Enfield Vision are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bush Hill Park, Enfield. Our exercise classes are now running again. Here are the dates for the next few months. Thursday the 21st of September. Thursday the 19th of October. Thursday the 16th of November. For further information, please contact us on 0208 373 6260 or information at uk. The Enfield Home Library Service. Well, did you know that Enfield has a home library service? This means that if mobility, disability or caring responsibilities make it difficult for you to visit the library, then we can bring the library to you, and there's no charge. The home library is run in conjunction with the Royal Volunteer Service, who vet and manage our volunteers. You tell us the sort of thing you like to read and we will select books for you and deliver them to your home once every four weeks. As well as ordinary print titles, we have audiobooks on CDs and large print titles. There is also a limited number available in different languages. Separately, the Enfield Home Library Service offers assistance with digital library content. So, we can help you get to grips with borrowing e-books or audiobooks from the library to read or listen to on a phone or tablet. For more information or to see if you can sign up for this service, email enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk or call Shana Tevan on 07826511094. London Overground passengers invited to help give each line a unique name. 
London Overground route through Enfield Borough among those set to be named by Transport for London, reports Noah Vickers, local democracy reporter. A project to give each London Overground line its own name is officially underway, Sadiq Khan's Transport Deputy has confirmed. The scheme was promised by the Mayor in his 2021 re-election manifesto with the goal of making the network easier for passengers to navigate. Seb Dance, Deputy Mayor for Transport, said posters have now been put in stations, informing people of the plans and encouraging them to get involved. The project is estimated to cost £6.3 million over two years, but Dance said the scheme was very important. He said, It is a confusing issue, particularly on the very rare occasions when there is disruption on the network. It is extremely important the passengers get a much more focused set of information on where the issue is. So it will definitely help on that. But just in terms of navigating, and when you look at the map, the single double orange line can be a little bit confusing. So we just want to make it more accessible for people who find the network just that little bit more challenging. The new posters put up in London overground stations by Transport for London, TFL, tell passengers over the next few months we'll be speaking to London overground customers and different communities to understand more about the history of the network and the people it serves. As part of this, researchers from our partner agency, DNCO, a creative studio specialising in place and culture, will be travelling on the network speaking to customers about their experiences on London Overground. The posters warn that photography may be taken as part of the research and the passengers can tell the DNCO team if they don't wish to appear in the photos. Responding to a written question about the project from Ellie Baker, a Labour member of the London Assembly, the Mayor's team said the majority of the scheme's budget will be used to update customer information, including updates to all digital information, station signage, maps and wayfinding. They added that following the initial phase of speaking with passengers carried out by DNCO, TfL will seek further views from the public later in the year on the short list of names for each route. Of the scheme's total cost, 4.4 million has been included in TfL's budget for the 2023-24 financial year, with the remainder, 1.9 million pounds, forecast to be spent in 2024-25. TfL has said it will work with the Mayor's Commission for Diversity in the public realm, to establish broad themes we'll use to guide the community engagement, with that process set to include local groups and transport historians. Services will not themselves be impacted by the name changes, TFL said, and London Overground will remain as the network's umbrella brand, keeping its orange roundel. The six London Overground routes to be given names are Liverpool Street to Enfield Town, Chesant and Chinkford, Gospel Oak to Barking Riverside, Highbury and Islington to West Croydon, 
Clapham Junction and Crystal Palace, Richmond and Clapham Junction to Stratford, Watford Junction to Euston, and Romford to Upminster. ULES cameras damaged. Search for man after three cameras vandalised in one day. Police are searching for a man after ULES cameras were damaged in one day. Hundreds of enforcement cameras for the ULES scheme have been cut down or damaged by protesters. And an image has been released of a man who police wish to speak to in connection with offences in Harrow, Hillingdon and Uxbridge on June the 17th. The Metropolitan Police have been cracking down on criminal damage and theft of the camera and reports that 288 crimes relating to the ULES cameras have been recorded. This includes approximately 185 reports of cables being damaged, 164 cameras being stolen and 38 reports of cameras being obscured. Commander Owain Richards said, These are clearly unacceptable acts of criminality and we have a team of officers investigating and identifying those responsible. We are providing a proportionate policing response, balancing these incidents against the wide range of operational demand and crime we must respond to across London. We are working closely with Transport for London and alongside our investigation into offences already committed, we are supporting them identify new ways to prevent further cameras from being damaged or stolen. Anyone with information about the man in the image is asked to call police on 101 or contact via Twitter at metcc, quoting CAD 3968-14 org. Alternatively, contact Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 or visit crimestoppers.com. UK.org. Beg your pardon. Work begins on new nursery. A story from the Enfield Independent. A new nursery in the, in the building of a former care home is set to open later this year. Cedar House Day Nursery and Preschool in Dryden Road plans to welcome children from the end of November. Enfield Council approved the former care home at the site to be used as a nursery last year and work has now begun on the project. The internal layout of the building will be altered to provide space for children to learn and play and a large garden will be created. The preschool will be part of a wider network of more than 300 nurseries across the UK run by operator Bright Horizons. A team of around 40 people are expected to start working at the site from November, with planning documents suggesting that the nursery could accommodate up to 87 children. The nursery will care for children aged three months to five years old and will include three large baby rooms, two toddler rooms and one preschool room. Bright Horizons Regional Director Leanne Grace said, We are so excited for the construction work to begin at the Cedar House Day Nursery. Having this nursery in such a great location means we can support lots of families in the community who need high-quality childcare. Pensioners urged to claim free K-12 
cash entitlements. Unclaimed pension credit is estimated to be worth £246.5 million a year in London alone, reports Noah Vickers' local democracy reporter. Sadiq Khan has announced he is expanding a campaign to raise awareness of unclaimed cash, which some of London's poorest, older people could be missing out on. The mayor is seeking to build on the initiative he launched in February, aimed at making Londoners aware of whether they're entitled to receive pension credit. The campaign has so far helped 2,165 older Londoners claim an average of £3,879 in direct additional annual income, a total of about £8.4 million. A planned autumn expansion will see the area covered by the campaign of targeted letters grow from 17 boroughs to 23, with the goal of reaching 10,000 more Londoners. City Hall calculates that the expansion could result in up to £9 million of further pension credit being claimed. Khan said that the initiative so far had been hugely successful, adding that it is especially important given the fact that older Londoners on low incomes are already disproportionately feeling the cost of living squeeze. Unclaimed pension credit is estimated to be worth £246.5 million a year in London alone. The government provides pension credit to people of state pension age on low incomes, in addition to providing recipients with extra money, being on pension credit also unlocks a range of further support, including help with energy and council tax bills, free NHS dental treatment, housing benefit for renters and free TV licences for those aged 75 or above. The Mayor's campaign was run in partnership with welfare and data analytics company Policy in Practice. Claire Holland, executive manager, member, I beg your pardon, Claire Holland, executive member for communities at the cross-party group London Councils, called the campaign a great example of what can be achieved through collaboration and intelligent use of data. Councillor Holland, who is also the leader of Labour-run Lambeth Council, added, Great progress has been made, but there are still struggling Londoners missing out on this crucial support. The expansion of the campaign will help ensure more pensioners receive the pension credit they are entitled to. Earlier this year, the London Assembly's Economy Committee had warned Khan that the low uptake of pension credit remained a serious problem in the capital and urged him to keep the committee updated on any plans to scale up the awareness campaign. Up to 3,000 homes could be built on the former site of the on the site of the former IKEA warehouse in Edmonton, according to a new sales brochure. CBRE Group, an American commercial real estate services and, and investment firm, is promoting the sale of the IKEA site to investors as Pim's Waterside, 
with the claim that the area could be used to build 2,830 homes, as well as 30,035 square feet of space for shops, offices, schools and a library. When IKEA closed in August 2022, 450 jobs were lost. The warehouse itself is now being used as a flexible events space, although this is only intended as a meanwhile use. It sits in the centre of the wider Meridian Water housing zone, where Enfield Council has long had a target to build 10,000 homes. But previous plans were drawn up when flat-packed furniture and Swedish meatballs were still being sold from the site. IKEA last year opted to close its Edmonton store instead, citing a shift to online sales as well as the council's residential project as part of the reason, with the firm likely wanting to capitalise on rising land values thanks to Meridian Water. While no planning permission or application currently exists for the conversion of the IKEA site into housing, the land is being marketed on the basis that thousands of homes could be built there championing its position adjacent to Pym's Brook, which the council has plans to naturalise from its current concrete channel. The sales brochure states, as part of the engagement with Enfield Council officers, a master plan and vision concept has been prepared to determine the potential development capacity of the site. The master plan demonstrates the site's capacity for delivering up to 3,000 new homes, along with other social infrastructure, two primary schools, a strategy, employment building and a range of other service uses. It continues, Award-winning architects Shepard Robson have explored development options to maximise the site's potential. The master plan is intended to represent a deliverable base case for the development. The scheme proposes 10 buildings ranging in heights between 5 and 30 storeys. The scheme also proposes the provision of about 650 car parking spaces and associated open space and landscaping. As well as the IKEA warehouse, the site includes its surrounding car parks, which in total extend to nearly 10 hectares. It remains unclear how the potential construction of up to 3,000 homes on the IKEA site would impact total housing delivery across Meridian Water as a whole, since the council has still not made its overall master plan for the project available to the public, despite repeated demands by councillors and freedom of information requests from members of the public. In the council's draft local plan published in 2021 before IKEA was closed, 5,000 homes in total were allocated to the western half of Meridian Water, which includes IKEA. The other 5,000 homes are expected to be delivered after 2039 and remain dependent on the Greater London Authority agreeing to de-designate the eastern half of Meridian Water as strategic industrial land. New project for creative residents. Budding writers, music makers... Photographers, jewellery makers and editors celebrated the official opening of a new creative project and workspace at Ordnance Unity Centre Library in Hartford Road, Enfield. The Deputy Mayor of Enfield, Councillor Mohammed Islam, welcomed residents with a short speech and cut a ribbon to officially open the new makerspace area of the library. Enfield Council's member, responsible for public spaces, culture and local economy, Councillor Chinello Anyanwu, 
joined workshops on the day, where she learned how to make a bracelet and demonstrated her skills on a sewing machine. The counsellor said, "Libraries are not just about books; they are a wonderful wealth of resources, and the official launch of our fantastic." Creative Makerspace project clearly demonstrates that libraries provide and offer many fantastic resources for our residents. I'm very pleased the council has provided the new Makerspace collaborative workspace for residents to learn new skills and participate in activities where they can develop new friendships. It's been great to see people come together in a creative environment. The activities on offer provide technological resources that will empower and improve people's chances of economic su- success, job prospects, and social mobility. I hope as many residents as possible will access and participate in the activities on offer in the future. A maker space is a place where people in the local community can gather to co-create, share resources and knowledge, and work on projects and network. The council's maker space project began earlier this year, with various taster workshops available, including sewing, where participants learnt how to thread a sewing machine and how to complete different stitches. Popular activities included a podcasting workshop that involves interviewing. The photography workshop began by demonstrating the way lighting affects photographic images. Participants were shown how to improve their images on their devices, and were assigned the task of taking photos to show at the next workshop, where suggestions for improvement will be discussed. The writers' workshop provided attendees with an opportunity to write a piece on a subject of their choice for the next session, where feedback will be provided. The council successfully bid for funding for the project last year from Community Infrastructure Levy. Residents are invited to participate in any future makerspace sessions, but are advised to call on this number: o two o three nine eight seven nine seven five four in advance to ensure a space is available on their chosen workshop. Times may be subject to change. The makerspace monthly program is. Sewing, first Monday of every month, eleven thirty a.m. to two p.m. Jewelry, last Tuesday of every month, twelve thirty p.m. to two p.m. and two thirty p.m. to four p.m. Coding club, last Tuesday of every month, four p.m. to five thirty p.m. Photography, last Thursday of every month. 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Editing and filming, last Thursday of every month, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Music production, fourth Friday of every month, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And finally, writers' workshop, last Friday of every month, 
1.30pm to 3pm. For further information on finding, accessing and using the borough's libraries and resources, visit www.enfield.gov.uk forward slash services forward slash libraries. Enjoy. Watchdog calls on passengers to have their say in final week of ticket office consultation. London Travel Watch says more than 460,000 people have so far responded to the proposals which affect nine stations in Enfield, reports David Floyd. An independent watchdog has called on passengers to have their say in the final week of a consultation on proposed closures to station ticket offices. London Travel Watch says the consultation on proposals from train operators to close the majority of ticket offices in England, including nine in Enfield, has so far received more than 460,000 responses. The consultation ends on Friday the 1st of September, after the previous deadline was extended in July following criticism from politicians and campaigners. Michael Roberts, Chief Executive of London Travel Watch, said with more than 460,000 responses already received, it's clear that there are strong views on the future of ticket offices. With a week still left to have your say, it's not too late to submit a response about your local station. Last month, Enfield North MP Perry O'Clark said the proposals risk exacerbating the managed decline of the rail network and urged the government to think again. Get the best harvest from your crops. Hopefully, you will now be reaping the rewards of your efforts with rich harvests from your vegetable patch. But there are ways to help the harvest along and promote better cropping as you go. Tomatoes. You should be picking tomatoes now, but many may still not be ripe. The secret is optimum sunshine, so remove the yellowing lower leaves up to the first truss. When these have ripened, take off the next set of leaves. If the leaves are really dense, you can thin them a little to help air circulation and light. Cut off the growing tip of the plant, which will then transfer the remaining energy to the fruits to reach full size. If you still have green tomatoes left when the weather cools off, harvest them and put them in a brown paper bag with a banana and they should ripen more quickly. Alternatively, you can make a terrific green tomato chutney. Peppers. If the fruits are big but still not ripe, they will need some support. Feed them regularly with a tomato fertiliser to help them along and pick peppers when they are ripe but the skin is still smooth. If some have wrinkled skins, you may be better adding them to cooked dishes as they won't taste good raw. Fruits store well and will keep for around 10 days in the fridge. Courgettes. You do not want to be letting your courgettes grow too large or they will just become watery, tasteless marrows. So check them at least twice a week, picking them when they reach around 15 centimetres. For best results, feed plants with a dilute tomato feed once a week and harvest them regularly throughout the month to encourage further cropping. Most types will continue to produce fruits until the first frosts. 
If you want to extend the season, cover the plants at night with garden fleece. If you're having a late holiday, remove flowers and fruits before you go, which will mean more should have appeared by the time you come back. Runner beans. Like sweet peas, beans benefit from regular harvesting, which will promote further crops. Throughout summer, you should be picking them every other day before they grow tough and stringy. The best time to pick them is when the bean snaps cleanly without any string, when it is around 17 to 18 centimetres long. Leave them too long and the cropping will also fall off. Pick off every bean to prolong cropping into late summer, and if you are lucky, you should be picking them until October. Those you cannot eat can easily be blanched and frozen. Lettuce. Now, you will no doubt have been enjoying homegrown lettuce since late spring if you have sown batches at two-week intervals to keep up the supplies throughout summer. But you can even make a final sowing in August for an autumn crop, sowing a loose-leaf type and harvesting the leaves as required. Oriental leaves such as pak choy, mitsuna and kamatsuna are best sown from midsummer onwards as earlier crops tend to produce flowers rather than leaves. To get the best flavour, harvest lettuces in the early morning when the leaves are at their freshest and only take what you need. To store them, dampen them under the tap and put them in a plastic bag in the fridge to keep them moist. Enfield Town maintain perfect start. Three straight wins for McPherson's men. Enfield Town made it three wins in a row to remain top of the Isthmian League table at the weekend. Gavin McPherson's side have followed their opening day's success against Concord Rangers with midweek success at Potters Bar Town, and they ran out 2-1 winners at Foston Invicta on Saturday to match their start from the 22-23 season. Mickey Parcell and Ollie Knight came into the starting lineup for Carlos Garcia Velasco and the injured Jake Cass, as the hosts included ex-town duo Ade Cole and Andre Coker. And the visitors began well, as Knight's free kick caused panic and James Richmond's effort looped onto the top of the crossbar. Folkestone's first chance saw Coker set up Jordan Abbiol, who saw his shot beat Reese Forster, but cleared off the line by Joshua Okocha. Ira Jackson fired against the crossbar from 25 yards before Richmond was booked for a foul on the same player. But Town got their noses in front on 38 minutes when a defence-splitting pass from Scott Thomas found Marcus Wiley to slot past the on-rushing Joe Coleman. A cotcher made way for debutant Ikao Coker during the break, but Forrester had to turn a low drive from David Smith around the post just before the hour mark. Town then doubled their advantage, when the impressive Wiley forced a mistake in the home defence and set up Knight to finish from 15 yards. Sam Youngs was denied by Coleman before Folkestone hit back on 76 minutes through Callum Davies. But Town saw out the time that remained and saw man of the match Wiley far over during stoppage time. 
Cass had put town in front at Potter's Bar just after four minutes last Tuesday, picking up a loose ball and running through to finish well. But he was forced off with an injury after a heavy challenge and replaced by Knight for his town debut. Wiley made it 2-0 on 23 minutes, collecting a pass from Young's and cutting inside before finishing into the far corner of the net. And Town had a few problems holding on to their lead, although Cyrus Babajay lashed a good chance wide for the home side. The visitors had six players booked, though, and McPherson was far from impressed. The new rules are killing the game, he told the club website. Referees are being put under unnecessary added pressure. We didn't put one bad tackle in, but if this is where we are going to go, football would become less enjoyable. Town hosts Cray Wanderers on Saturday, then visit Haringey Borough on Bank Holiday Monday, and they have a home tie against Potter's Bar in the FA Cup first qualifying round on September 2nd. Quarter of a million children to get free school meals thanks to Mayor's offer. More than 12,000 Enfield children will benefit this year from the £135 million City Hall scheme, aiming to reduce impact of cost of living crisis, reports Noah Vickers, local democracy reporter. New figures reveal how many children are set to benefit from London Mayor Sadiq Khan's upcoming free school meal programme in each borough. Up to 287,000 primary school pupils across the capital are expected to receive free lunches through the £135 million programme, which will operate on a universal basis and run throughout the 2023-24 academic year. The highest single number of children to benefit are found in Barnet, where 13,495 pupils will receive the meals, followed by Bromley, 13,321, and Redbridge, 13,028. In Enfield, the figure is 12,202. City Hall says thanks to the policy, families will save upwards of £440 per child. The government already provides free school meals on a universal basis for children up to and including year two. But after that point, free lunches are only offered to children from households receiving certain benefits. For households on universal credit, they must earn less than £7,400 a year after tax and not including benefits and regardless of the number of children in the family in order for their children to be eligible for the meals. The lunches administered through the Mayor's Scheme will therefore provide for children in years 3, 4, 5 and 6. Five London councils, Islington, Newham, Southwark, Tower Hamlets and Westminster, currently provide universal free school meals for all primary school children in their boroughs. City Hall said funding is still being allocated to these councils as if they were not currently providing the meals, 
with the intention being that they can use the funds to support other means of helping families with the cost of living crisis. Khan said, I know from personal experience what a lifeline free school meals can be, which is why I'm determined to do all I can to help families across London who are struggling during this escalating cost of living crisis. I'm proud that hundreds of thousands of children will benefit from the unprecedented funding when they return to school after the summer holidays and that parents in every borough will know their children are receiving a good meal at lunchtime. By ensuring children don't go hungry in the classroom and helping their families, we can build a better and more prosperous city for all Londoners. City Hall said at the time of announcing the policy, This is one-off funding from additional business rates income. Sadiq is clear that he is only able to provide help that should be coming from the government for one year. But Susan Hall, the Labour Mayor's Conservative rival in next year's City Hall election, has said she would keep the policy in place through to the 2024-25 school year, at a minimum, if she is elected though she has called the policy imperfect, saying it could have been better targeted at those most in need. She has pledged to keep the programme going on a universal basis for as long as the cost of living situation requires it. And here are a few short letters. The first one from Mark Dawes. Improve chicken welfare. Last Saturday, he joined a demonstration outside the HQ of the co-op demanding it adopts the Better Chicken Commitment, BCC, that improves the welfare of chickens raised for meat. In May, a motion was put forward at the co-op to adopt the BCC. 96% of the members voted in favour of the motion. Currently, the chickens, bred for meat, are kept in massive factory farms with thousands of chickens crammed together in filthy conditions. They are selectively bred, so they grow much bigger and faster than they did in the 1950s. As a result, the chicken bre- chicken's breast muscle is so grotesquely large that they cannot walk and their own legs do not support their weight. The chickens have to lie in their own waste, which burns their skin. The chickens are only a few weeks old when they are killed. The members of the co-op were asking that the co-op sign up to the Better Chicken Commitment as the overwhelming majority of their members want. A growing number of companies are signing up to the BCC, but not the co-op. Chickens deserve better than the horrific and cruel way they are bred for the co-op. There is also a petition that people can sign to demand the co-op improves its chicken welfare. This is https colon forward slash twice thehumaneleague.org.uk slash give hyphen co-op hyphen supermarket hyphen chickens hyphen better hyphen lives. And a second letter from Councillor George A. Sava of Hazelbury Ward. Say no to sugar. At a time when efforts are made to reduce sugar intake in our foods, I am astonished to notice that some foods that did not contain any sugar now have sugar included. It has become extremely difficult to find items that contain no sugar. If anyone feels like I do, please write to the companies suggesting they provide foods without sugar. Reduce sugar or have no sugar at all in your food products, and I, like many others, will be your loyal customers. And finally, 
a short one from John Hartley, Have Fun Counting Bugs. Here's an idea for a fun science activity before the start of the new school year. Why not join in the Natural History Museum's insect count? Find insects and or make sound recording and or take a photo. The details are on https colon forward slash twice bit dot ly slash 44 lowercase d 92 lowercase x uppercase m. Nature Overheard is an exciting and innovative programme of activities co-created by school students and scientists at the museum, investigating the impact of noise pollution on insects near roads. You can take part by recording audio on your street and observing insects. Simply choose a nearby road, look for insects along a short section of it, and make a five-minute sound recording of the surroundings, and take a picture of the streetscape too. What a fun way to entertain the little ones. And you'll be helping the Natural History Museum, one of the nation's favourites as well. Good luck with all that counting. Housing crisis pushes public sector workers out of London. Sadiq Khan issues warning about the impact of rising housing costs and renews appeal for government help, reports Noah Vickers, local democracy reporter. Sadiq Khan has warned that the capital's housing crisis is causing vital public sector workers, like nurses, teachers and police constables, to quit their roles in favour of better paid work. A new analysis by City Hall has found that a typical public sector worker in London spends a much higher proportion of their salary on mortgage or rent costs than an equivalent worker outside the capital. The mayor said the report gave further weight to his request that ministers give London £4.9 billion per year to increase the city's affordable housing and that they empower him to freeze rents. Both the Met Police and London's NHS services have warned of recruitment issues. Data from NHS Digital last year revealed that London is suffering from the worst NHS staffing crisis in England, as vacancies for nurses are higher in the capital than any other region. City Hall's data also shows that since 2016, median annual public sector pay in London has grown at a slower rate, 14.9%, than the rest of the UK, 15.5%, and London's private sector, 17.4%. According to the research, an entry-level police constable in London would this year spend more than half their gross salary renting a one-bedroom flat in Greenwich, where residents' medium income resemble the London median. But a constable starting their career in West Suffolk, an area resembling the UK median, is meanwhile estimated to spend only 38% of their income renting an identical flat despite earning less than their London counterpart. Khan said, 
It's not right that public sector workers in London, who provide an invaluable service to us all, are faced with stagnant wages and having to spend even more of their hard-earned money on housing. Unless the government acts now and provides the £4.9 billion a year required to deliver the genuinely affordable housing the capital needs, I fear talented people will not only continue to leave the public sector, but avoid joining it in the first place. The government has been approached for comment. Between 2016 and 2023, ministers provided City Hall with £4.8 billion in funding, which produced 116,000 new affordable homes. A second tranche of funding worth £4 billion, is expected to deliver tens of thousands more by 2026. A government spokesman rejected the mayor's calls for rent controls earlier this summer, saying they had, quote, led to declining standards, a lack of investment, and may encourage illegal subletting, unquote. And finally... Petition demanding more A10 speed cameras signed by 1,750 Enfield residents. Conservative Councillor James Hockney is submitting the petition to Transport for London this week, reports James Cracknell. An Enfield councillor says residents are utterly sick of speeding and noise pollution along the A10 as he submits a petition signed by more than 1,750 local residents demanding Transport for London, TfL, take action. Conservative Councillor James Hockney represents Bushill Park Ward, which is bordered by the dual carriageway, and says that despite previous efforts to curb A10 speeding, the problem is persisting and even getting worse. Three years ago, TfL installed average speed cameras on half of the route in Enfield between the M25 and Southbury Road, but not on the southern section that runs between Bushill Park and Edmonton to the North Circular Road. When the dispatch again asked this week if more cameras will be considered in response to Councillor Hockney's petition, TfL took three days to issue a statement almost identical to the one it gave when previously approached in June 2022, saying there were no immediate plans to install more cameras. Councillor Hockney said in response, the Mayor of London needs to start listening to the residents of Enfield and Edmonton, who are utterly sick of the speeding and noise on the A10 and car parks. This latest 810 petition has significantly more signatures than any of the previous petitions and underlines that the call for action is deepening. I am so grateful to all the people who have signed and shared the petition. Noise pollution from the road is often worse late at night when car meets regularly take place at some of the 810's retail parks Drivers then show off by flooring their throttles, making a noise from their exhaust that sounds like gunfire and can be heard over a mile away. Councillor Hockney added, 
it is not just the night racing. We have an overall serious issue of speeding on the A10, with excessive speeds also captured during the day. There was one month where speeding offences on the A10 accounted for 12% of all London speeding offences. Sadly, we have seen far too many serious accidents on the A10, and we will not rest until we have all the Enfield-Edmonton A10 corridor covered with average speed cameras. If the Mayor of London thinks by placing average speed cameras on half the stretch that is job done, he is mistaken. I urge him to listen and think again. When several Enfield residents spoke out about the issue last year, saying it was blighting their lives, TfL's Chief Safety, Health and Environment Officer provided a statement which has now been repeated almost word for word by an anonymous spokesperson. They said, We're determined to reduce road danger caused by speeding as part of our Vision Zero commitment to eliminate death and serious injury from London's roads. We know speeding is a major concern for people in the area and we installed an average speed system on the A10 in March 2020, which is in addition to the spot speed cameras being used to tackle speeding in the area. Although we have no immediate plans to install a fixed safety camera system between Southby Road and Great Cambridge Road roundabout, the A10 corridor is a priority for the jointly funded TfL Metropolitan Police Service Roads and Transport Policing Command, which continues to be deployed to the area to deal with a range of criminal and antisocial driving offences. Breaking the speed limit is selfish and reckless, and we will continue working with the borough and police to ensure that roads are safe for everyone who lives and works in Enfield. We have reached the end of our programme for this week. Thank you for listening. So from the team of Alistair, Chris and Ali and Ian on the controls, it's Bye. Bye for now. Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet, put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position, and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listening to us on your smart speaker by saying play podcast Enfield Talking Newspaper. Don't forget, you can call Diane to Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07899-854-582. The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again in two weeks' time due to the bank holiday.